We're going to be reading uh, from verse 1 and 2 and then skipping down to 14 through to 15 out of the book of Joshua chapter 24. In honor of uh, Father's Day, I take it upon myself to uh, exercise my gift uh, uh, as being a dad to be able to share some dad jokes. And uh, if you would just allow me just a few moments. Uh, did you hear about the uh, restaurant on the moon? They say it's great food, but no atmosphere. Another one is, uh, <laughs> what do you call a fake noodle? And in pasta. Uh, if you want to hear about a joke about paper, never mind, it's terrible. Uh, I just wrote a, watched a program about beavers. It was the best damn program I've ever seen. And finally, before we get into the sermon, how, do, uh, how does a penguin build its house? It glues it together. <laughs> and that's one of the privileges of being a dad. Hallelujah. Praise God. Book of Joshua, chapter 24. I want to preach to you a sermon, setting your home in order, out of the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 1 through to 4. This, mo this morning, I want to focus my attention on the importance of setting our homes in order. And the Word of God has a lot to say about that. And so we can pick this up, uh, verse 1 and 2, uh, the Bible says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Sachem, and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Now skip down to verse 14 through to 15. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in those lands you dwelt. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Setting your home in order, I want to firstly f uh, focus on building a home. Now there's a quote uh, that says, Boys... Uh, play a house men build homes boys shack up men get married boys make babies and men raise children a boy won't raise his own children a man will raise somebody else's boys invent excuses for failure men produce strategies for success boys look for somebody to take care of them men look for someone to take care of boys seek popularity Men demand respect and know how to give it. Now again, that's a very profound thought when we begin to distinguish the difference between a boy and a man. And in light of Father's Day, we want to step into a new arena because the truth is the image of a man has become a subject of great 
controversy. Men have been faced with all types of resistance in the media. It has been portrayed as toxic masculinity. I read an article of a father who merely just after having an argument with his daughter, uh, took her phone off her, she's 13 years of age, uh, and he said, you need to stop what you're doing or I will smash your phone. Uh, He followed through with that and faced a night in jail as a result. There is an assault against uh, men and fathers. Uh, and if we are honest, uh, we, we would realize we've dropped our guard, we've lost ground, uh, and we face an uphill battle when trying to once again gain dominion uh, in this arena. There was a time uh, when a man's house was his home. And that was his sanctuary. Everybody lived around the Father. Everything you know, was the Father. I used to hear all the time, Dad, I built this house. Everything inside I paid for. The remote is mine. The fridge is mine. Everything you have, you're sitting on my couch. And I'm lending you my bed that you can sleep in. And so this was the mentality. And just slowly over time, incrementally... Now we find uh, men, instead of having a house, they have a man cave being kicked out of the house. It's like all of a sudden, it's like, where, where does, where's dad? Well, he's in the back shed down the street in the other, you know, uh, far, far away. And, and there's been a, a removal of this. Seems as though we've lost uh, what the Bible speaks about when it comes to masculinity, yeah? And the more that we remove, the more that this shift against, uh, uh, you know, against masculinity and manhood and fathers themselves, the more that we see uh, the devil infiltrating the families uh, and more and more uh, uh, things that uh, are great, great tragedies are being uh, uh, very common at practice today. Now in our text we have Joshua. Regarding all tribes, he specifically brings together the leaders, the fathers, and he begins to instruct them. And this is very important to understand this morning. The Bible says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Sachemah and called the elders of Israel for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and presented themselves before God. Now this is something that's instrumental, that needs to be a common practice. When we're gathering together, it's more than just coming to church. It's more than just filling a seat. We are gathering into the presence of God, and we're believing for the instructions of God to be bestowed upon the men and women of God. In this passage of Scripture, it's focusing on the leaders, on the men that people are connected to. Now, the issue at hand uh, is a divided home. Joshua brought to light the previous fathers, their grave errors, uh, how they began to bring division uh, in understanding, division uh, with uh, common practice. Now, instead of worshipping one God, they're serving the gods of Egypt. Uh, they're serving the gods of the Amorites. They're serving the gods that uh, are all around. Uh, and Joshua, if you read the passage of Scripture in your own time, uh, you'll see he begins to uh, highlight how God led the people uh, through the 
Canaanite uh, uh, countries to Egypt from Egypt, uh, preserved them from all the plagues, brought them to the Red Sea where they passed through, uh, and then finally walking through, uh, crossing the Jordan, uh, and now uh, uh, faced with the king of Moab who withstood them, uh, taking Jericho, eating of the vineyards of the olive groves uh, that they did not plant, and, and once again bring brought, brought back to that reality, God, the Father, has brought you through this. It's not been the other gods. It's not been the other idols. It's been the Father in heaven. There has been a great division in the home. And we understand that as a result, a division in the home brought breakdown. Joshua chapter 24 verse 2, the Bible says, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord of God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in the old times, and they served other gods. What this brought was a wedge between the people of God and God Himself. And if we're going to build a home this morning that we would be proud of, if we're going to build a home that would be able to withstand every demonic strategy of Satan, it has to be a home that isn't divided on the inside. In Matthew chapter 25, uh, 12, verse 25, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said, The kingdom, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city of the house divided against itself will not uh, stand. And so that's powerful revelation. When my family was going through a great uh, turmoil, uh, my elder sister, two years older than me, was uh, involved in drugs and, uh, and partying. And as she is involving these things uh, uh, in these things, she would drag them into the home. And we saw that as a result, it began to cause uh, fights between mom and dad. Mom and dad, uh, you know, mom would try to pamper and, and, and you know, keep things from dad and, uh, and, and, and try to uh, uh, keep things away from what my older sister was doing. And so then my dad would find out and as a result, they'd be fighting. And what you saw was what Jesus was talking about is a kingdom divided, a house divided. One thought, no, we need to bring Je Judgment. Another thought. No, no, no. Just uh, you know, let's let's go around in a different way. And as a result, the family suffered. The children in that home began to experience great turmoil, and there was a, a lack of direction as a result. Here, Joshua is challenging the leaders, and I stand here challenging the men. On Father's Day, what are you building? The home that you're building, is it one that you would be proud of? Because let me just say this, uh, that the moment, uh, just like Nehemiah begins to build a wall, the moment you begin to try to build something for God is the moment that the devil will try to drive a wedge, tries to bring division. And so we must be mindful of how we build a home is a responsibility given to us by God. We must be men and stewards wisely what God has intended uh, on being a blessing for us. Uh, and one of the ways of watching over our homes is being the gatekeeper. So I want to look secondly at the gatekeeper because it doesn't take long for things to get out of control. Can anybody say amen? It's like all of a sudden... 
You wake up and things were fine, but it doesn't take much for things to begin to spiral out of control. A day that you thought was going to be very cruisy can very quickly come undone. And we've discovered this with our house being full now. We've got three children, seven, four, and he's going to be two soon. And you know, at the beginning you think, well, you know what? It's lovely to have children. It's a blessing of the Lord, isn't it? It's like children are just a gift from heaven. And the first one you pay so much attention to. Our first child, we're like, you know what? We're going to succeed in this. We're not going to fail. We're going to be good parents. And so you're strict with everything. You make sure, no, don't talk to me like that. Don't act like that. Don't pick that up. Do that. And then, and then you realize, you know what? We got this. We got this down. Like, uh, what an upstanding child. Look at that child that we've, we've influenced and created. And so then, you know, uh, you know we, we think maybe we should write a book because parenting is just so easy. You know, you just need boundaries and consistency. And then the second child comes. And now all of a sudden, there's not enough time to do this because that child needs to go there and you need to pick this up. And you're now juggling two children and discipline begins to kind of, you know what, you know what I'll deal with that later. And then a third child comes and you think, you know what, forget it. Just throw the towel in. and Daycare, just send them to daycare and we'll just pick them up when they're 18 years of age and hopefully they're okay. Things can spiral out of control. Just give them lollies, please. Just whatever. The phone, just please, I'm quiet. A gatekeeper is someone that tries to maintain control. And as the head of the home, you are to stand firm and bring the direction. And listen to me, your family is desperately seeking this. My dad, he came from Argentina and... Uh, you know, I came from a very rough background. My grandfather, who's just passed away, gone to be with the Lord, uh, he was a rough man. He uh, was involved in gambling and alcoholism. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it was, he, he, he was a rough man that uh, uh, had a lot of, you know, flaws. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I spoke to my dad and we were talking about uh, uh, the sermon and, and uh, Father's Day. Uh, and so I remember a story that my grandfather, a story about my grandfather. And I, you know, just called up my dad just to make sure it was right. And it was 100% true. What happened was, is uh, my grandfather was in his home and just, you know, everyday life as it was. Uh, but the next door neighbor got just really drunk, began to call out my grandfather. I want to fight you. I want to fight you. And so my grandfather... He's not going to put up with this nonsense. And so he goes into his house. He comes back out, stands at the front door with a shotgun and just goes bang, bang, straight into the air. And the guy ran away. He was a gatekeeper. I read about Steve Irwin and Bindi, uh, his daughter, was talking about how you know, her dad was very uh, uh, protective over her. Uh, and so he made a statement to Bindi, the man who is going to marry you needs to be able to cross over the toughest crocodile pond. And so, you know, uh, uh, the uh, man that she ended up marrying was a wakeboarder. And so he just grabbed a wakeboard and jumped on top and quickly, you know. But here's this understanding. We're not just going to allow anything. Anyone, we're going to be gatekeepers. And in order for our homes to stand the test of time, a man must stand upon his standards, his morals, and his beliefs and faith. 
Joshua chapter 24 verse 14, the Bible says, Therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. This is a challenge to men to draw them out, to rise up and listen to the ingredients that fortify a home. Number one is Joshua says you need to fear the Lord. Now this isn't talking about being scared. This is talking about reverence. Now a lot of men want respect today. Can, I, can we get an amen there? We want respect, and respect is something uh, that uh, has been controversial uh, for a long time because many times uh, in the olden days it was demanded, you will show me respect. Now we have a generation today that says, if you want respect, you need to earn it. And the tragedy is that instead of fighting for respect. Uh, we've just folded our hands. You know what? That's just too hard. Uh, that's just not, you know, that's just going to be too difficult. Uh, but listen to me here. Uh, the instructions from Joshua is fear the Lord. In other words, uh, submit yourself. Be reverent to the, uh, to the God uh, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And through that reverence, uh, the Bible says that men will look up to you. Your family will respect you. Uh, your family will follow you, but if there's no fear of God, where are our convictions? Where do our morals lie? What are our standards? What kind of gatekeeper are we for our homes? Another ingredient that Joshua mentions is sincerity and in truth. And that what this is talking about is honesty or being a man of your word. And we know that Jesus uh, uh, affirms as he says, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Uh, listen to me, uh, there, there's so much that can be said of a man that does not keep his word. There's so much that can be said about a man who goes back on what he says or double books or doesn't consider his promises to his children years ago. Years ago, my daughter was probably about two years of age. This is the eldest one. And she is very uh, uh, much like her mother. She is a, a, you know, a daughter of structure. She loves structure. She likes everything in place. Uh, and so, you know, you cannot miss a beat with her. She will remind you. And so one night, I think it was, I had something on for church. Uh, and she always, I would always give her a little kiss uh, 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 before she went to bed. And this particular night, uh, I think I went out, but I was out a little bit later than usual. But before I left, I said, oh, you know, she asked me, are you going to kiss me before I go to bed? I said, absolutely, I'll, I'll give you a kiss before you go to bed. I should be back before uh, you actually, you know, before that time. Uh, but time just kind of escaped me. Uh, and I got back probably about 7.30, 8 o'clock. So she should already be in bed. It was just, you know, please be asleep. And so I'm just kind of creeping in, you know, getting ready for bed. And all of a sudden, it's like, Dad, you said you'd, you said you'd kiss me before you went to bed. And I, oh, my goodness. You know, it was just a, for me, it was just, yeah, yeah, you know, of course, yeah, I'll give you a kiss. It's no big deal. But for her, it was serious. And it showed me the gravity of sincerity and in truth. That we can be very flippant with what we say to our wives. Yeah, 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 I'll, you know, I know I forgot your birthday this year, but next year it's going to be the, the birthday of the century. 
I know that I said I'll fix the car or change the tire or, you know, but you'll be fine for one more week. I'm sure there's plenty of brake pad on that. Uh, the squealing will stop uh, soon enough. Uh, and you, you, you very carelessly say things. And the Bible says a house that stands firm. If you're going to be a gatekeeper and not allow lies and not allow controversy into the home, it must be a gatekeeper that stands on sincerity and truth. One that is not willing to just carelessly make promises, empty promises. That's a great mistake. And many of us, in fact, all of us here, we've, we've fallen there is a fracture in our homes because of this very issue, sincerity and in truth. And then finally, Joshua challenges the men and the leaders to serve the Lord. Now this is speaking about one God. This is speaking about one Father in heaven, one God who we ought to reference our lives from. And let me just say this, that men outside of the confines of the gospel of Jesus Christ are men who want to live in a lifestyle of multiplicity. It is as many women as you want, uh, as many children as you could have, uh, and all, you know, just, just live this. I'm going to go from job to job to job, career and all the, and, and, and it's just multiple multiplication, no oneness. But the truth is, is the Bible challenges us to be a man of one wife, uh, of one job, of one house, of one car, maybe even just one dollar, <laughs> whatever, but it's oneness. And that's what stops us. You know, when, we got, when I got married, it was like, you know what, I wanted the car and the, and the boat and the, and the BMX. You know, you, you want all these, all these little things to be able to live the lives. And then you get married. And now it's like, honey, what would you like? What do you want? Yeah, you know what, I don't need the nice car. Let's get a family car. The more baby seats, the better. But the challenge is to serve one God. That means, man, you can't be staying to all hours of the night working because you have a family to come home to. You can't serve your work, your boss. You've got to serve your family. You've got to keep that in mind. That when the boys call up and say, hey, let's go out again. You, you, know, you don't just go, yeah, all right, honey, I'll, I'll see you later. She's cooked dinner for you. He's ready to sit down. Oh, you know what? I'm going out with the boys. It's like, no, 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 you've missed the point here. What we plant today will reap tomorrow. And Joshua's challenging the leaders, the men. Fear the Lord in sincerity and truth and serve the Lord. These become the safeguards for the gatekeeper. When the outside influences come in and try to disrupt the home. See, it's easy to set a standard to keep uh, when children are young. And let me just prophesy right now that your children, as they get older, will challenge you on every standard that you've ever placed over your life, period. You say, you know what, we're going to church. And then they get, and it's easy, right? When they're, you know, my kids love going to church. On a Monday, Tuesday night, they're like, what are we doing tonight? So we're staying home. They're like, let's go to church. 
They're excited. And then they get older, become teenagers. No, I've, I want to go out with my friends. I want to go do this. I want to go do that. And, and you think, what do I do now? And they begin to challenge you. Why do we have to go to church? And why do I have to pray? And is God really real? And listen to me, if you haven't been a gatekeeper and you've just allowed all the uh, cesspool of life to infiltrate your home, uh, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in an uphill battle. So let me just give you a little hint. You better know the good reasons why we do what we do as born-again Christians. Why it is that we serve uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, why it is that we do uplift uh, the standards and the morals and the disciplines that we do, because uh, if you have no idea today, you will be challenged. And it's tragic, because if he, the devil can't get through to you, he'll try through your wife and then your children. He'll use even your pets if he has to, because he wants you to be a house divided. As a gatekeeper, we stand firm on God's word. Joshua's calling the men out and said, Be a man that would rise up that your home needs because the devil doesn't play fair. Let's look thirdly and in closing. Here, the Bible says, Godly declaration. Hallelujah. Joshua makes a public declaration, and here he stands for God. Must be one of the most recited verses we've ever heard, right? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this is a scripture that many times we get little plaques, don't we? Get little plaques, we get lovely little, you know, things. When you shut the, the toilet door, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in a house that serves the Lord, right? When Joshua gathered the leaders, the sole purpose was to declare where he will be standing. Let me ask you this morning, what's your stand? Can your stand be said the same as Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Because our family need to see their fathers make a clear stand for Jesus Christ. It's more than just having a Jesus fish on your car. Can you say amen? It's more than just some religious paraphernalia or whatever it may be. It has to be seen. If your children, you want your children to be a children of prayer, they have to see you praying. If you want your children to be invested in the Word of God, they have to see you reading the Word of God. You need to be there sharing the stories of the Bible. If it's going to come through anyone, it needs to come through your life. Godly declaration, it has to be seen. I remember, I, I mimicked. My dad was a missionary in Argentina. He went back to his hometown and began to preach the gospel. And uh, I, was, I was brought up in church. I had no idea from a young age, just followed what my dad, my parents did in Argentina. And so I don't remember being filled with the Holy Ghost specifically. I just, I just speak in time. I just grew up in all of that. I'm sure that I had those moments, but I just, you know, it just, I grew up in that. I was immersed in that. We lived at church and went home to visit every so often. And so, but I just remember watching my dad praying and I would repeat everything that he would say. Remembering him sitting at the dinner table and 
reading his Bible and I would do the same. Listen to me. We cannot as fathers, as leaders, be closet Christians. Uh, There is a family that needs a, a public declaration. God looks for men who are willing to make a public declaration and not be ashamed of it. Joshua. The next step was to sign himself up for a life of service. Listen to what our verse says in verse 15. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, on the gods of Amorites in those land that you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Bob Dylan said it, uh, uh, you've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. So think about our service. And I, uh, uh, they say idle hands make for the devil's work. In other words, we have to be busy about doing God's work. Uh, and it's very interesting at how men find their identity in their work. Uh, this is why they need to be careful. We need to be careful. We're not, we're not always seen happily doing secular work uh, and then begrudgingly doing the Lord's work. It's like we're quite happy to, you, know, you want me to build something? You want me to make something? Uh, not a problem. Quite happy. And then we have a you know, busy bee at the church. Oh, you know what? I, I'm just... <laughs> Oh, it's like, hey, we need, some, we need some ushers in the church. It's like, oh, yeah. We need some men to help out. And we've got a men's discipleship. And all of a sudden, it becomes an issue. Men have to be seen doing and being in service. Listen to me. It matters when you men rise up and embrace this reality. You know, we're all called to be used by God. Can you say amen? In Exodus 18, verse 21. The Bible says, Moreover, you shall select from all these people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and such place over them the rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. What's interesting about it is that it validates exactly what Joshua was saying. If you would fear God, if you would serve Him in sincerity and in truth, if you will obey by Him and not be drawn away by your fleshly desires, the Bible says it's not just a, you know, unique men, it's just able men. I wonder if we have any able men here this morning. Men that God can put His trust and favor and blessing upon. Rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds. I believe that when men begin to surrender their lives and say, we will serve the Lord, God honors that and brings a great blessing through that. The blessing of God on the generations that follow. I've heard it preached before from other pastors that said, I want my ceiling to be my children's floor. And let me just say this, the standards that we set in place, influence our children. Therefore, we must be wise. We need God's help. We need to be directed by God. Every decision, it's either going to draw us closer to God or going to pull us further away. And so, man, this is a huge responsibility to bear, but it is one, or not to be taken lightly, but one of great blessing if you strive for it. Let me close with this poem. This poem that was written from a, a child to a father. He said, it's written like this. It says, With these three words, dear Heavenly Father, 
begin my every, uh, my every prayer, but then, but the man that I see while on bended knee is always my earthly dad. He is the image of the Father divine, reflecting the nature of God. For his love and care and the faith he shared pointed me to my Father above. I want you to just think about the responsibility. On Father's Day, it's a great importance God is putting upon us. Be the man that God wants you to be. Be the man that rises up and publicly makes a declaration, that isn't afraid to make a stand. Be the man that God can use to be able to be a gatekeeper, to shepherd your home. And let me just encourage the families, the wives. The best thing you could have for your marriage is a man that loves Jesus Christ. Real men go to church. Real men love Jesus. If you don't believe me, we can take you down to the, one of the local pubs. Those men are wasting their lives away. And their wives or their partners are absolutely miserable. The best thing you can do is support your husband. Honey, we're going to get ready. We're going to go to church. We're going to serve God. We're going to spend time in the Word of God. We're going to pray. And we're going to do this together. We need to stand firm. Notice how Joshua concludes, as for me and my house, he says my house, but then he says, we, we will serve the Lord. That means you are united in this. Men, you have to bring your families along with you in this journey. And wives, submit yourselves, because this is the best thing you could have. A man who fears God, a man who serves Him, in sincerity and truth, the one that serves only one true God. Hallelujah. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments. The presence of God is in this place. You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Thank you.